Off the ball. There's so many players, like some like Martinetti and whatnot, that you can get in that look in. Brazil are going to win that World Cup, lads. I think it's an absolute bank. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The Sunday Papers on Off the Ball. Plenty of Chelsea, Manchester United reaction on the front pages as well. So as for coverage within, there are pieces on the game. And then naturally enough, there are pieces talking about people who were talking about the game because that is uh, often the most entertaining aspect. Although it was a very good game, it must be said. But uh, for instance, page five of the Sunday Times, Peter Wilson, tunnel tantrum uh, showed he cares. Fiery Roy Keane defends absent star. So Roy Keane and Gary Neville, both former Manchester United captains involved in heated debate. Uh, yesterday so Keane very much still on the Ronaldo side he always has been even at half time it was interesting when they showed a Rashford chance he just threw an equip that Ronaldo probably would have scored that and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank started laughing and then at full time there was a proper debate so Keane said to Neville who was on co-commentary and then joined them in the studio afterwards uh, Ten Hag was speaking about spirit after the game don't you think that's a message to Ronaldo so he was arguing Ten Hag's not handling the situation uh, very well and he's sending barbed messages to Ronaldo and he went on to say he still wants to be the best in the world Ronaldo that's why I admire him I'd be more worried if Ronaldo was sitting on the bench laughing his head off not caring I think the guy cares this game is full of bluffers and he's not one of them so Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank uh, was there as well he tried to interrupt he was as Peter Wilson uh, writes here he was quickly told by Keane to be quiet because he hadn't finished talking (laughs) (laughs) so Hasselbank said that Ronaldo does not give enough back at the moment Keane was quick to point out he scores every two games for United he feels frustrated he hasn't been getting enough games he walked down the tunnel players have done a lot worse at Manchester United I think it happens it's human nature and Neville's point was in effect Roy Manchester United are better without him they get more points without him they score more goals without him that's a fact and uh, he said he's got to leave I would have been glad for him to leave um, in August and he certainly should go in the next week or so so that was the gist of the Neville Keane and to appoint Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank <laughs> debate. What were they actually Afterwards. arguing about, though? Like, I say this as somebody who watched it and who heard every word of it, but yeah. what was the argument? Because both of them acknowledged that it was wrong that he walked down the tunnel early. They acknowledged that uh, Ten Hag was correct in punishing him. It was the only way to deal with it. Um, it felt as though they were making vaguely the same arguments, but at each other. And it was just a lot of speaking over each other. And I'm not being snooty like I'm not being one of those guys who thinks oh like Roy Keane shouting isn't entertainment because it is like I do find it compelling and I found it really funny how cross he was last night and it didn't feel like an act at all I thought it was genuine anger on his behalf but I also felt as though he was arguing with Neville who saw things probably 75% the same way that he actually did yeah I think they're on a lot of aspects uh, coming out from the same point of view I mean I wouldn't be the only um, armchair psychologist who has wondered if Roy Keane is looking at the end of a great player at a great club and how he's been treated and starting to Absolutely. be triggered somewhat. You know, very, I mean, very maybe that's going on here at Touch as well. Yeah, but the, the t- like Roy, Roy, had, Roy has taken a position on this a, yeah. a while back. Took it early. Yeah, took he's it early down. and it's not like him to back down from an initial stance. So he's going to dig his heels in and he's going to row behind his argument regardless of, of what the, the facts or, you know, whether the, the narrative has changed. I, I got the sense of Gary Neville was arguing or making his points based on logic. Um, Roy was making his points based on a stance that he had. T- I mean, at one stage where I can't remember what exactly Roy says, but, but for all the world, Gary Neville 
gives the face or gives the kind of uh, facial expression of a guy who's in an argument with a five-year-old who he's you know this guy's not going to listen to me no matter what I say and I'm just going to have to give up here and there was a bit of that going on it was brilliant TV I thought it was brilliant TV um, and it was look you look at well, what are they actually arguing over and, and, and the wider context I suppose really what they're arguing over is is has how well has Eric Ten Hag handled this whole situation mm. and I think he's handled it very, very well. I well, think he's handled K- it very well. When Kane well. talks about the fact that Ronaldo's been disrespected, yeah. so like, I even listened to Gary Neville's podcast afterwards and he was saying that you know various people I respect, I think he was talking about Keane, may have been talking about Ferdinand as well, uh, have said that Ronaldo was disrespected and Neville said, I don't see that really. I don't really see the disrespect either, I have to say. I, I, I really, really can't. Um, no, look, I think he's handled it very, very well. Again, you watch for for me. I watch series. I watch situations like this unfold with a coach's hat on, and you're trying to see right. How is this situation handled? You know, I've been there before, and I'll probably be there again. And I would have learnt lessons from the way I would have handled it before. I would have had a player at Wexford Youth where we would have had a, f- a high-profile player, and you have a falling out, and we ended up having to go to the PFAI over it all. And you're wondering, have I handled that right or wrong, and all of that kind of thing? And and even more recently, I would have had a player and. I would have asked the senior player for feedback after it and they would have said that they felt I let him indulge them too much, if that makes sense, and let him away with too much. So you're always trying to see how, how well it's handled. And I think he's handled it really, really well here. And I think for me, Joe, there's no doubt he will have cemented the rest of the dressing room behind him um, very, very well in this situation. Very, very well. You look at... at, at Arsenal, who are currently sitting second in, in the Premier League, and uh, he was part of a Dundalk setup when we went to play Arsenal. Arteta was one bad result away from the bullet. Mm. He's now, you know, absolutely adored by Arsenal fans. I genuinely believe one of the biggest things that happened in his tenure was Aubameyang. Yeah. Could I, could I just say quickly, Joe, on the disrespect part of it with Ronaldo? I think Keane was keen to stress he was trying to see it from Ronaldo's perspective, where Ronaldo might feel disrespected, even if objectively there was no act of disrespect oh, yeah. and I find like maybe we're sometimes we're quick to try and put ourselves in the, the boots in this instance of guys who are playing at this elite level of sport and they're not the same human beings as us whatsoever like the temptation often with something like this is to argue that Cristiano Ronaldo isn't bigger than Manchester United right it's it's like an old trope anytime something this like this rears its head when in reality he kind of is in a modern context like Cristiano Ronaldo is the main character in his own movie and he's been creating and crafting this script of his life for the last 20 years. Now he's in his third act and suddenly it's like the studio are getting involved and interfering with the fairy tale ending, right? Mm. The studio in this instance being United, being Ten Hag and for the first time ever he's subordinate to other people. And like this started to happen as well at Juventus. Like Neville made the point in his argument with Keane that Leonardo Benucci and Giorgio Chiellini had come in and sort of said like there was a bit of a feed the monster syndrome at Ronaldo at Juve. If you look at their statistics when Ronaldo was there, they scored fewer goals in his three seasons than they had uh, prior to his arrival. So like this has been slowly going off the rails as Ronaldo has aged, and I feel as though his happy ending like there's no there's not going to be a sort of a rocky ending for him. It's probably going to be like a what's inside Lewin Davis or something where he just sort of drifts off and I don't think he's comfortable with that and I feel as though he probably does genuinely believe the world is against him and that to some extent Ten Hag is, is against him even when objectively you look at it and you know are a better team without him yeah The Sunday Papers on Off The Ball 
So like it's interesting, Paul McGrath writes in the Sunday World and he does take the position of the footballer, of Ronaldo, as in his, his overriding um, thought and all thing is just sympathy for Ronaldo. So the whole thing is like, I just feel so sorry for him because I know where he's coming from. And he says, what Ronaldo is going through right now is panic, desolation, confusion. You feel terribly alone. You feel incredibly vulnerable. Honestly, it was an earth shattering experience for me and I had nothing like Ronaldo's profile. He's on to say the thought of losing everything, of no longer being able to do the stuff that set you apart from even the best of the rest can cause you to do the most self-destructive things. And there's no question that Ronaldo's behaviour is self-destructive. I mean, for him to not sense that against Spurs, everybody at Old Trafford was maybe for the first time in several years realising, God, we're, we could be onto something here. Everybody was happy. And for him to but, think, well, but, I, you know, I'm not going to sense that general mood. I'm going to hit the car and go. But, and then to re- release the statement saying, we'll be united again and things will get... <laughs> like, the statement was like, you know, look, things are bad now and heat of the moment, but like, we'll be together. But everyone's like, we just beat Spurs. Like, we mm. are, things are... Things there's, are fine. There's not a crisis here that needs to be fixed. <laughs> but again, it's kind of that modern context where what I'm saying about Ronaldo being bigger than United will probably annoy a lot of United fans or football traditionalists. But like, if you think of it from, from Ronaldo's perspective, like, he is being publicly humiliated he has 490 something million followers on instagram right like united have about 60 million i think so just to put it into context like the extent to which there's been a sort of a culture shift in the social media age where a lot of football fans don't nail their colors to the mast of a particular club but follow individuals and ronaldo is this like walking billboard and brand and this entire thing is being tarnished and like he is so he will be so cognizant after many years of having this level of global fame that he's been made to look like an Egypt in front of half a billion people. Like, what's that, like 7 or 8% of the global yeah. population? Oh, for him, it's humiliation. It, it, Shane McGrath touches into this idea that he's having to confront the awful prospect now that his powers are dimming. And for someone like him, the dulling that comes with age is hard to countenance, uh, as well as his extravagant sporting gifts. His ego is also otherworldly. And I think that is the thing with Ronaldo. Like... For him to score 700 club goals, you can't have realistic ambitions. You can't have like can't a rational well, sense well of yourself. <laughs> no, you need to be deluded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need to, you, you, your ego needs to be out of control to do what he did in his career. So for the first 95% of his life, Sorry, this yeah. insane self-image he had served it him. Serves you well. And now in the final 5% of his career, that's going to prevent him from saying, OK, I can do the Ryan Giggs role. I'll not play for four games and then I'll go in and do an hour. Or, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll segue into bit part, Brian Robson. You know, great players would do that. That's why, as you said, this is not going to be a smooth landing. This Where is like, does he go? Oh, I don't know. Qatar for two million a game or maybe France. Or, what does like, ego allow him, though? What does ego allow him to do, to do that? I don't know. May, do you know, maybe... Look, I agree with you. This is not... Like, remember the Celtic Tiger said it's going to be a soft landing? Mm. We're headed for the great <laughs> oh, economic yeah. crash of 08 here. Like, he's, <laughs> he's, he just... He can't switch from being what he was for that long and we, that served him so well. He can't switch into being, oh, best of luck, Manga, yeah. yep. high five and, you know, score some goals today. And like, if you, you say... You used the good phrase when you said, he, like, his, his, his actions are self-sabotaging his own career at the moment. No, that would be... destructive yeah. If, 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 he, if he comes on... Last week against Spurs, okay, plays out the remaining minutes, does a big round of applause to all the supporters at the end with everybody else, right? He's on the bench yesterday. He almost definitely Definitely comes comes on on. when the game is in the balance, right? He potentially scores a winner. Again, we go around, we give the big round of applause. 
almost every big club in Europe is going to want that version of Ronaldo. Yeah. The guy who's, as you said, the guy who's who's willing to be, you know, come on and win the game for you in the last 15, 20 minutes and is, you know, 100% behind the team it's whether he starts or not. It's too big a change He's the best of all time. Yeah. But that's actually... In his mind, he's the best of all time. And he's not and far off it in reality either, mm. Joe, to be honest. He's not... He may not be wrong. You're talking... 15 minutes against Spurs. Yeah. I got spit on your feet. Or fewer. And the thing is, being, let's say, one of the best of all time for the moment, he has become accustomed over the last few years. And we've seen in Instagram posts, for example, of his, where I don't know why I keep bringing up Instagram. I'm not on there that much. But like, we've seen him, his obsession with his own statistics, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think part of his legacy is probably he sees that little wikipedia entry down the bottom of the page where like he has the the record for champions league goals and that record is preserved until erling Haaland surpasses it in 12 years time maybe then he can go off to mls and and live out his days i I doubt it but i think coming on for three minutes against spurs or or say even 15 he's probably looking at it also realistically another game without a goal like my goals to get you so you're just trying like even statistically you're shafting me genuinely and i think and i think a, a modern footballer do, does look at things like that and thinks oh so you know my goals to game average is just taking a hit here for what like so I can get a, a quick applause off the bench yeah. and that's not going to sit well with my the, the one thing I would like to know and we don't know it is has Ten Hag sat down with Ronaldo face to face and laid out the plan properly to him and said I see you playing here and here and that many minutes I can't have you playing there because of X, Y and Z but this is how I see the season how does the other side of that conversation go? Well, it depends. I mean, if Ronaldo could stomach it and it was it was laid out to him in the correct way, maybe. But it's only... I mean, he may, 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 may still have said, like, get those papers away from me. I'm playing every game. I'm the best. But was it laid out to him as a, as a kind of cogent plan? Or is it just week to week? Mm. You're messing with my head here. Mm. I'm not playing. I'm playing... What's going on? It just the communicate. We don't know the quality of communication which has gone on, and so maybe that's why off the bench he's just like because like, well, he wasn't even there for preseason. Like this relationship has never been good. No, and I've heard people suggest that maybe Ten Hag has almost engineered this situation to make it even easier to shift him out the door. But I find that hard to believe. Not because I don't believe Ten Hag would be that devious. I think he seems like a very intelligent man who would absolutely have the capacity to do it. But you're actually finding it a lot or you're making it a lot more difficult to find a suitor for Ronaldo. Like, who's going to want him at the moment? Apparently they couldn't in the summer anyway. Yeah, but I mean, if you couldn't in the summer, are you going to deliberately try to make it even harder? Like by Unless he's trying to blow the whole thing up. And just handshake. Get rid of this guy so I can get 50, 60, 70, 80 million to buy a replacement. Like, I, I don't... Maybe Ten Hag's saying, I don't want to nurse this guy through the next two, three years. No, I have no doubt he's saying that. I don't want a good relationship no with doubt. him. Potentially, you know? So who knows? Yeah. And look, like I said, one thing... I know you said it's it's different worldly almost. The one thing I challenge on is, like... We this this happens on a micro level mm. at every level in, in local June like when you're when you're playing Leinster Senior sure. League soccer, there's a there's a Ronaldo in your dressing room and there's these kind of dynamics going on and as I say and then you ha- again you know that that thing about everybody else you know there's there, there, there's the Ronaldo effect but there's the everything else now obviously the obvious one at, at Manchester United is, is Bruno Fernandez like it's ridiculous how better Bruno Fernandez is when when Ronaldo is not on the pitch because he quite simply feels haha. Now today I'm the man, and he steps out, and he's a whole different guy. Um, do you think it's a, do you think it's purely that? I, I often find because people will make that argument based on Fernandez obviously underperforming when Ronaldo was there, but I even think stylistically Ronaldo isn't the oh, right type of forward. There's a bit of that forward. in it as well, yeah. Because Bruno, like Fernandez, like 
I'm not saying it's the only pass he can play, but certainly his most effective pass is just a pass that splits the defence usually in transition. And like Ronaldo isn't the counter-attacking threat he used to be the way a Rashford is. Like Fernandez's crosses crossing where Ronaldo would come to the fore is very hit and miss. So I actually honestly think they just don't even gel as players. But they probably actually like each other. Like yeah. the suggestion has always been like, oh well, they've there's a clash of personalities, and Fernandez doesn't feel like the man when yeah. Ronaldo's there. Nobody does, I guess. But and the, the one other point I'd make on it, Joe, just before we move off the counter, I've read three or four Ronaldo pieces. I'm not sure which one makes the point. I think it could be Tom Kershaw here in the Times, possibly. Um, like the difference that that Casemiro equaliser makes in the narrative around this whole situation. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, we, we've literally gone from a, an injury time goal from the narrative being point proven United are useless without Ronaldo. And if he had been on the field yesterday, they would not have been beaten. And Ten Hag is a clown and he needs to figure out a way to get Ronaldo back into it. To, there is no way United would have shown this amount of fighting spirit yesterday if Ronaldo was on the field and the fighting spirit has got them to draw. Like, it's such, such fighting. Scoreboard margins. journalism alive and uh, well. Uh, two other quick takeaways. Casemiro is a lovely player. Uh, yeah. Like he, I mean, you're right. Don't remember Graham Sooners kind of saying, "Look, he's a water carrier. He's far more than that. Maybe next to Modric, he doesn't stand out. But in that Manchester United midfield, not since Michael Carrick have they had someone who can knit things together deep in their own half. I thought he was brilliant. But McAlealy was a water carrier, and he would, look what happened when he left Real Madrid and, and went elsewhere. He became a, a superstar at, at the role that he not Casemiro. Look, his intelligence he's, level, his football oh, like huge. He's great on the ball. Oh, it's not talked about enough how good on the ball he is. So good, so yeah. good. Just and it's it's. I actually I read a piece there recently and he was the perfect example of it yesterday where they talk about everybody every, everybody is obsessed in football and in coaching at the moment with doing things quicker, doing yeah. things quicker. Casemiro does things slower. He takes an extra touch on the ball where somebody else would have you know, played a pass. He actually takes the extra touch, slows it down and all of a sudden a new picture, the picture changes in yeah. that one second that he's taken the extra touch. The picture changes and now a whole different oh, well, situation there, is, is on. There were times where any Manchester United fan watching certain situations last night was accustomed to oh this is where they lose the ball yeah. and they kept it yeah. and it was down to him and the other takeaway is Anthony is the biggest moan bag on a pitch <laughs> of all time and he had a, like he wouldn't go at Dallow completely it was like a 50-50 they mistook who was going to go for a ball that was kind of in between them and he launches at Dallow he, this guy's only in the place five minutes <laughs> And so he was doing this continuously, but then he met his match in the second half in Bruno Fernandes. <laughs> and there was a point where the two of them, there was a pressing thing and it, it didn't work out and he had to go at Bruno. And as the play was continuing, they are screaming at each other mm. for another 20, 30 seconds because Bruno's not backing down either. So uh, yeah. that could be a Kieran Dyer. <laughs> as, as you said Lee Bowyer moment as you said at the start there's so much going on here that it does kind of uh, take away from the game itself they, they kind of the wannabe tactician in me can't let, let us pass off without saying like so so unusual to see a substitution made so early in the game in the manner that Chelsea did and it, to have such a massive impact on the game um, I know Graham Potter has that reputation but Jesus, 35 minutes, Joe. That's extreme even by his standards. And literally went from, what was it, 5-3-2 to a 4-4-2 diamond. I mean, you couldn't rip up plan A anymore. And, and it worked plan, instantly. Oh, and it worked instantly. Yeah. Instantly. A, it was, a whole it was new game after yeah. it. Um, I just think they're going to be absolutely intriguing to watch for the rest yeah. of the season. They really, really are. I mean, I didn't like it because it killed the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus, Potter. Yeah, yeah. The this is a spectacle. End end. Yeah, yeah. The Sunday Papers on Off The Ball.